Get very clear about your ideal future self, who that is, and decide what those spiritual principles are that got her there and start doing them today. You don't have to wait. And the outside will arrange itself to be beautiful and in harmony with that. But arranging the outside first doesn't guarantee that you're going to have that sense of spiritual alignment and being comfortable in your own skin. And that is our birthright. We all deserve to be comfortable in our own skin. What is up, everybody? My name is Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me Em. I am obsessed with all things spirituality, business, and personal growth. I started the Empower With Them podcast at 21 years old, whilst I was studying my Masters of Architecture at uni. It is fair to say that this podcast catapulted my life in a direction I never imagined possible. Soon after starting this podcast, I dropped out of my degree, quit my nine to five, and started my own business, and in just eight months of starting, became a six-figure CEO. Inside of this podcast, I share insights into the realities of being a 20-something-year-old CEO, along with actionable tips to help you unlock your true potential and create a soul-aligned and impactful life and business. So pull up a seat, put on your headset, and get ready to get empowered. Welcome back to another guest episode on the Empower With Them podcast. I am so excited to introduce you guys to today's guest. I wish you could see the video while you're listening to this as well because she has the most bold and extravagant red glasses on as we're sitting here on Zoom today. But I'm going to give you guys a quick little intro into who today's special guest is because she has helped hundreds of women stop the drinking spiral, and live wildly successful and satisfying lives substance-free using her Juicy AF program. Now, she was a senior vice president at a global ad agency and a single mom as her drinking escalated to the point that she went alcohol-free. Now, today's guest is an executive coach, a clairvoyant, and a minister. She's been an adjunct professor at Northwestern University. She's an author of two books, including Juicy AF, Alcohol Free, Stop the Drinking Spiral, and Unleash Your Future, which will be published January 2023. So I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Kay Allison. Welcome, Kay. I am so, so, so excited to talk to you, Em. It's great to be here. Amazing. Well, I've shared a little bit into who you are and what you do, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? I did not fit the profile of what most people think of when they think about an alcoholic or a person with a drinking problem, right? I thought my life looked pretty great from the outside, and yet there were three or four nights a week where I was drinking a bottle of wine and probably opening a second one as well and expending a huge amount of energy to not only feel like back to normal the next day, but to also kind of spin this image out in front of me of being perfect so that you wouldn't really know what was going on with me. And, you know, I 
crossed all kinds of moral lines as I was going and could kind of laugh them off. But there was one night where the divergence between who I was when I drank and who I thought of myself as being became this uncrossable chasm. And I was just finished. I was just finished. The light switch flipped and I was done. And thank God I haven't had a drink since. And that's since August 9th of 1999. I've been sober for a very long time. Wow, the Um, year after I was born. Right on, right? Like I've been sober for a long time. And in the course of that, you know, the first five years of going alcohol free, I met and married the love of my life. I adopted my third child. I started two companies, successful, very successful companies. I wrote a book. I bought a building. And I just want other women to know that when you cut the cord to that anchor of alcohol, all of that energy that you're spending trying to hide it and trying to look good on Instagram and TikTok and trying to sweat it out, all of that energy can be directed to creating a pretty magnificent life. Mm. I think that's powerful what you shared about how you just knew, you know, there was a moment where you knew that that was the moment that you needed to cut it off. Can you tell us a little bit more about that moment as well? Because I feel like sometimes people experience that moment, but don't trust themselves and don't follow through with that moment. So can you share a little bit more about that experience for us? I can. So I had been thinking that my drinking was a problem for about eight months leading up to this. And that particular night, I was about to turn 40. And so I had thrown a grandiose birthday party for myself, which I could not afford. But I had friends that came in from all over. And I said, I am going to stay present for this party that I've thrown for myself. Mm. And so I was drinking Diet Cokes. And about 1030 that night, the waiter with the champagne on the silver tray came around one too many times. Um, And if he hadn't, I would have been fine. But I thought, what the heck, it's 1030. One drink isn't going to kill me. Mm. And fast forward about two hours and my kids, who were then nine and 16, had to undress me and put me to bed. Mm. And I think of myself, and it's very important to me to be a wonderful mom and to give my kids what I didn't get from my mom. And that crossed that line so clearly. Mm. So that was my experience. And I woke up with the typical, you know, remorse and shame and hangover. But this time, I also had clarity, which was, this, I have a problem, I'm done. I will tell you that there are three telltale signs to know whether or not you have a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. The first one is when you start drinking, there are times when you can't or don't stop. 
So once you start, you can't necessarily stop because I was taken over by this, you know, it was like being under an evil magic spell where I was just compelled to have another drink and another drink and another drink. Even though I might have said to myself, oh, I'm only going to have two. Mm. By the time I had my first glass of wine, I forgot about that. Right. So once you start, you can't stop. That's warning signal. Number one, number two is when you wake up in the morning and say, I am never doing that again, but then you (laughs) end up, you know, within a short amount of time saying, how did I do that again? Right. So once you stop, you always start again. And then uh, the third thing is that you think about alcohol more than you think about a sandwich. Mm. So if alcohol is occupying more than 2% of your thoughts and those other two things are true, those are kind of the hallmarks of having a problem. Mm. What I think is um, really interesting about those points that you shared is that can be applied to so many other things as well beyond just alcohol itself. Right. And, um, we get ourselves like addicted to these things and then we find comfort in it because it's known and it's harder to step away and let go of that. So when you talk about like cutting the cord of this alcohol addiction that you had, how did you cut that cord and actually get yourself out of that cycle, right? Like it's easier to stay in the addiction than it is to step away essentially. And even more perplexing than that, Um, is when you're in that spiral, it's like, wow, this really sucks, but stop drinking. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, So I actually went to, you know, one of those meetings and um, found a group of women who had the careers that I aspired to have. They dressed the way I wanted to dress. They had families. And I really wanted what they had because they were able to do all of that alcohol-free. And what I learned was that there's a spiritual solution to all of my problems, not just my alcohol problem. And that's what really got me intrigued. Mm. The spiritual journey that it was opening up for you. And Mm -hmm. you are someone who is obviously very spiritual, you know, you're clairvoyant as well. So did your spiritual awakening come from this experience of having to break out of, um, you know, this addiction that you were in, or was it something that was present for you beforehand? I clearly felt so spiritually connected as a, like early teenager-y kind of young girl. I, uh, my family always came to the mountains and backpacked in the summer. And I was sitting in a mountain meadow by myself singing. And I just remember feeling like filled, like I was a channel for something so much larger than myself. And so I had that experience when I was maybe 13 years old. And I'd always been attracted to spiritual things. Um, Mm -hmm. Show me a good, you know, 
practice that involves chanting in Sanskrit, and I am all over it. <laughs> I did Zen Buddhism. I did Siddha Yoga. And I, um, those things were always separate from my life. Mm. What having this alcohol addiction did for me was it made my life my spiritual practice and my spiritual practice wasn't just something that was disconnected from the way that I live my life. Mm, I love that. So thank you so much for sharing this insights into obviously what has brought you to where you are now. I think it's a truly um, powerful story and I know that you have done so much to turn this pain that you did go through into your power and your purpose to now be able to serve so many other people as well and I'm so excited to dive deeper into that as well in today's podcast episode but obviously like personal transformation is something that has been massive for you and um, I know you talk a lot about how personal transformation can really catapult your success so I'd love to hear a little bit more about this and see what there is that you'd love to share with us today. I feel like we all have our personal OS. Mm. And to me, our operating system is really comprised of our old stories about ourselves and our place in the world. And it was Carl Jung who said, if you don't look at your unconscious beliefs, they run your life and you call it fate. I'm probably way butchering that, but it's something around that. And so my old story, and I think it's true for a lot of women, was that I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not sexy enough. I'm not accomplish whatever, fill in the stylish, fill in the blank, right? And then its twin was, I am way too much, you know, I am too loud and I am too outspoken and I'm, I'm too much. And, and between those two things, there's not a lot of comfortable wiggle room, right? There's not a lot of place where you can actually be comfortable. And, um, because these women taught me that there's a spiritual solution to all of my problems, it has led me on this quest of what is the spiritual antidote to this OS that I believed, this OS that was BS <laughs> for so <laughs> many I think a lot of us, especially women that are accomplished and ambitious and really enjoy having career success and making money um, and having accolades and really having a lot of accomplishments, a lot of us are driven by that little nagging fear that somehow I'm afraid I'm inadequate. What I found was telling myself, oh, honey, you really are adequate, just didn't have enough emotional oomph to actually make a difference for me it kind of bounced off, you know, like just got repelled by how deep that old story was. And what I found is that being of service to other people in places where I am uniquely qualified to be helpful and of service, mm -hmm. um, being in nature 
where I'm part of something bigger than myself um, and being really authentic and honest, just forthright about who I am and how it feels and what I've learned and the mistakes that I've made, the lessons I've learned. All those things are such a powerful, soothing antidote to that story that ran me for a lot of years. Because mm. it's one thing to tell ourselves something, and that's kind of like slapping a Band-Aid on a broken leg at the end of the day. But when you actually start to embody that something, which is clearly what you've been doing through your work, that creates some powerful shifts. And I'm curious to know, like, Obviously, when we have these beliefs of we're not good enough and all of that, it's very subconsciously buried. Um, like it's a paradigm essentially that we carry. It's more than a belief. We almost view it to be something that is our complete and utter truth. So is there anything else that you've done to really help you create that shift within your mindset and further embody these new beliefs and these things that you wanted to align with? So at the beginning of my career, I was a professional musician. So I majored in cello, which is a very practical degree, and I highly recommend it. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, but what it did teach me that serves me even until this day is I really learned to practice. We talk about, you know, having a meditation practice or a yoga practice, and I really learned what it meant to practice. And what I learned was effective practice. You have to slow things way down. Mm. You have to break them into their component parts. So there's the rhythm and then there's the melody and then there's, you know, the intonation and there's the, the um, dynamics and all of that. But if you break it way down and you first just practice the rhythm and then you just practice the melody and then you put the two things together and then you start to speed it up, that actually gets your results and you're going to mess up. And yeah. instead of saying, oh, I messed up, forget it, I'm done with that. The real key is, oh, I've got to bring myself back. And so when I talk about, gosh, I practice this principle of being of service, I've really had to um, break that down into what does that exactly mean? What does being of service feel like in my body? What's the posture of being of service? What's the physicality of being more interested in giving something from me than getting something for me. So there's a physical component of practicing. Mm. There's an emotional component of practicing. Um, what are my assumptions? What are my opinions about whatever the situation is? And can I diagram kind of my emotion? You know, I established that this has happened, but then do I feel like it opens the possibility or closes a possibility for me, right? So I've got a technique for actually helping people diagram the thoughts behind their emotions. And then there are all the different domains of my life. How do I practice humility being right-sized when it comes to business, when it comes to my kids, when it comes to my husband, when it comes to my mom? Um, and 
I will tell you that the first company that I started after I got sober was a innovation company based on consumer insights. And my clients were Fortune 200 global companies, and I helped them create their next $100 million or more products, brands, and business models. Mm. And I loved being able to matter-of-factly say to clients that would call with, hey, can you give me a proposal on X, Y, and Z? Mm. You know, I am not, that is not what lights me up. And I'm going to be very expensive. You can get the answer you need working with so-and-so down the block rather than me. I'm better at these kinds of projects and I'm still going to cost you a lot of money, but it's going to be worth it in these open-end projects because that's what I'm masterful at. But this, you don't need me for this. And I think people were really surprised that I was so matter-of-fact about Honest. Yeah, don't hire me for this. It's going to cost you way too much money. Yeah. I think that says a lot about you as an individual, though, and your values, because um, there are so many people who are focused on chasing that profit, like the income, like what they will get from it, um, that they will put themselves in positions where, you know, maybe someone's, they've spoken themselves up a bit too much and someone's now not going to be getting the best possible experience or service they could have gotten if you had been honest. So I think that says a lot about who you are as an individual. And that's something that a lot of people can learn from as well is to um, serve with the best interest of the person that you're serving in mind at the end of the day. And it always came back. It always came back in a way that was so positive. Yeah. Because it built trust and trust is um, irreplaceable and invaluable. I hope you're enjoying this episode and all the golden nuggets jam packed inside. If you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur who is wanting to build a business in the online space that is in total alignment with you spiritually, physically, energetically, and financially, then I want to connect with you. If you head to the episode description of this podcast and click the work with me form, you can schedule a complimentary call with myself to have a chat and start mapping out your next steps to create the business and lifestyle of your dreams. I offer two main levels of mentorship that help entrepreneurs build six-figure online businesses. This includes my one-to-one private coaching and my business academy, the Aligned Coaching Academy. And guess what? I have a special seat reserved inside these spaces specifically waiting for you. So stop waiting and start doing. Let's get to know each other and start turning your dream business into your reality. If you're not yet ready to jump on a call, then that's so fine. I invite you to shoot me a message over on Instagram at EmpowerWithEm so we can get to know each other just a little bit better over there first. Now that's all from me. So make sure you go fill out the work with me form and then get back to today's episode. And I'd love to hear more about this as well because you talk 
so much about being in service and I love that. I think that's um, so amazing. Something I love about this whole coaching space is that everyone in this space is so service driven at the end of the day. And I know that you have a very give first mentality when it does come to service and you've touched on this a little bit already, but is there anything further you'd love to expand on with this mentality? I truly believe that we pick up on each other's vibe, totally non-verbally, you know, it's more than body language. You know, you go in some places and you just feel great or you meet somebody and, you know, they're on the other end of the world and you're not the same age and you still feel like, wow, this is a great connection. I get her and she gets me, you know? Um, And when we're grasping and looking to get something, people know it and their defenses go way up. Mm. I find that if I'm curious and of service, that I am so much more successful in the Mm. long run. It's kind of an oxymoron, you know, like it's antithetical to what I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was if I'm out there impressing you and, you know, razzle dazzle and, you know, talking myself up that I was going to be loved and accepted and make a lot of money and all the rest. And I found the opposite to be the truth, that always being interested in what's in it for me was self-defeating as soon as I can sink into my body and truly be interested in what's in it from me. Oh my God, people's hearts open and they tell you things and they ask for help because they know you're going to, they, you, I have their best interests in mind. Mm. What I love about that is when you said, be curious and on service. I think That's like, when you said that, I was like, that's exactly how I come into these podcast episodes is curious and on service. And the question that came to mind is, um, obviously, I work with a lot of business owners myself as well. And I noticed that when people are coming from a place of scarcity, particularly in those earlier stages of business where, yes, they are here to serve, but also there's that scarcity mindset creeping in being like, but I need to make this sale because I need to make money. What sort of guidance would you give someone to be able to shift out of that and into this um, curious and service-focused mentality instead? First of all, I would say, be gentle with yourself because you're human. And that is a totally human reaction to needing to make money in order to live. Mm. So I think it's a totally normal, natural human emotion. And having that emotion does not mean that you're not spiritually fit or you're not doing the right thing or somehow you're wrong. So I would say that first, be gentle with yourself. It's okay. The second thing that I would suggest is business to me is kind of the way that a tree takes in CO2 and provides out oxygen. Mm. We need, we provide leadership, creativity, answers, coaching, direction, and in, but we need to have something that 
fuels us to be able to do that. And that is money and referrals, right? So that's, that's the exchange that my business is. I take in money, referrals, um, testimonials, and outcomes, coaching, guidance, programs, courses, whatever it happens to be. And it's a virtuous cycle. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying give without getting. I'm saying give first, you know? It's mm-hmm. not that there's never a receiving. Um, mm-hmm. I really found when I was consulting and talking to potential clients about a project that they had in mind, if I said, can, may I ask you a few clarifying questions, right? So why now? Why is this project an active project now? And what business problem are you really trying to solve? And why is that business problem important for the brand? And if our work together exceeded your expectations, how would you personally benefit from that? And if it didn't meet expectations, what's at risk for you personally? And what are your criteria for making a decision? And what other resources have you considered? And even asking those questions out of curiosity helped my clients then solidify what was actually going on for them. And so even the questions provided a value. And when I knew what the core issue was, what the real issue was, not just the request for proposal, but what's the real problem here and what's on the line for you as a person, then I was able to make a proposal into the real problem. And I was able to give the assurance that I had their personal back. So that combination of curiosity and help, I'm going to be of service to you and I've got you. Um, Just even that process endeared me to these potential clients because I clarified for them what was really going on. Wow, there are some invaluable questions that you shared there as well. And I know I'm going to personally watch this episode back just so that I can write down those questions in detail and actually start using them myself. And what I love about that is um, the energy exchange that happens through the sharing of those questions because you're actually holding space you know, to serve someone, even if they're not going to be moving further forward with you, you know, you're holding that space to help them find that clarity and um, find that uh, trust and like stability that they're looking for to be able to take those next steps forward as well. And I think at the end of the day, like that's what service is, isn't it? It's an energy exchange. If someone's paying you for something, they're giving you energy in a monetary form. And then you're giving them energy back in the form of your wisdom, your resources, your tools, your support, your accountability, all of that. And um, it is a beautiful cycle. So I love how you did paint that there for everyone. And I guess something that I would love to hear a little bit more about is coming back to that point of honesty, which I know came up earlier in our conversation as well. So where does honesty come into play when we are talking about um, leading with service? Well, I already talked about 
um, honesty in terms of, am I the best resource for you or am I not? Right. I think that's a really key part of being honest. Um, I think that being honest while we're also being of service also is helping the other person clarify what is really going on Mm. and to help them get to the truth of what's going on underneath the surface rather than just the presenting, I need eight focus groups and four markets or whatever it happens to be. I think that that is honesty in service as well. I also feel that rigorous self-honesty is a real key. Um, I think in today's world of, you know, the social media and everything having to look a certain way on Instagram or TikTok, um, I think it's really easy to pretend that our lives are something that they're not necessarily. Mm. And I'm always interested to see the people who are brave enough to come on and be a wreck, you know, (laughs) be messy and um, bleary and fully authentic for who they are. Mm. I feel like self-honesty is one of the hardest things to do these days, particularly with the space of social media. I know I myself like am learning to embrace self-honesty a lot more. I think stepping into the business space, I had this limiting belief that you have to be perfect. You have to look perfect. You can't show that you're breaking down at some time, like sometimes on the other side of the screen. You can't show if maybe you've had a lower cash month than what you've had other cash months. Like feeling like you have to hide these parts of yourselves because otherwise people are going to think you're a fraud or think you are this or think you are that. But it's in those moments where I have been the most honest and I have been vulnerable and I have opened up and I have shared what I'm going through behind the scenes that my audience has actually come out the most and connected with me on a far deeper level over that. Um, So what sort of guidance would you give someone who is within this social media space and they're wanting to learn how to practice self-honesty a lot more? I think that self-honesty without having a little bit of balance of discernment and kindness can be dangerous. Mm. You don't want to walk into a situation where people are don't have your best interest at in mind and be bearing your breast and you know mm. letting it all hang out and you know like that's just naive and you're going to get yeah. hurt. There's also honesty without tempering of kindness is just cruel. Mm. So I think that you know wisdom comes into play, being able to read a situation and be discerning about how much can I divulge here and be okay. Mm. And is what I'm saying kind, necessary, and true? Mm. And if you, it meets all three of those requirements, great, go knock yourself out. Um, 
And we're all going to learn and make mistakes and we're going to overshoot the mark on being too vulnerable or not vulnerable enough. And what's really great about that lived experience, that practice, is things that don't make you feel good are great grist for the mill in terms of growth and learning and being able to share wisdom to somebody else. Mm, I absolutely love that. Something that I love so much about when you speak is I know it's coming from like a place of such deep wisdom within yourself because of your own spiritual journey that you've been on. And I'm, uh, I, I would definitely say I'm on my own spiritual journey, but I'm not very deep in. I'm like, we're opening up and we're opening up the more and more that I guess I'm moving through business because business has been one of the biggest like catalysts for my spiritual expansion as well. But I'd love to just hear a little bit more about what spirituality is for you and all of that, because I know you live in a pine forest and you meditate by a waterfall every day. And that is just an absolute dream to me. So I would love to hear more about your spiritual journey and what has gotten you here and how, like what this has unfolded like for you. I have to tell you, I live such an amazing life. It's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm grateful for it every flipping day, I got to tell you. So for me, divine universe, God, whatever your name is for Whatever your your shorthand is for that amazing creative force, I think that our culture has stripped that out of the ordinary and it's stuck it into some cloud man somewhere, you know? And my experience is that everything is God. Everything is sacred. Everything is divine. Sometimes when... I hike, I don't think tree, sky, pine cone. I think God, 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 God. And it just brings home the point to me on this visceral level that spirit, divine creation is everywhere and everything. I think that religion has stripped that away from us and told us that it's some inaccessible resource that you need to go through a priest to have access to, or you have to behave in these certain ways in order to get access to it. And it's not true. As, as soon as we allow the sense of the divine in, it's there. Mm. I think about it like we live in like a giant fishbowl around all of us and, it, and there are blinds around the outside of the fishbowl. And, and it's either the blinds are open so the air can come in or the blinds are shut, you know, so tightly that it can't. And what we open and close to is the presence of the divine. If this sounds really airy-fairy, I don't mean it to. It's, it's just that God, divinity, the universe is everywhere. We don't have to seek. We have to allow. Mm. 
Don't worry about sounding airy-fairy. We are all airy-fairy here on this podcast, so we love the sounds of, of all things that. But that's a, that's a beautiful explanation, very beautiful explanation of spirituality and, and what that is for you. And I guess one of my final questions then is um, what, ha- what are some of the biggest spiritual lessons that you have learnt and discovered from this journey, from where it is that you started sharing at the beginning of this episode with the addictions to alcohol throughout this business journey you're on to now being where you are today? When I knew that I needed to put down alcohol, I was told that I needed to have a spiritual solution. And so for me, having a spiritual solution was kind of a life or death proposition. Like if I kept drinking, you know, I wasn't about to die of cirrhosis of the liver, but I would have gone home with the wrong guy or I would have driven my tree, my car into a tree or, you know, who knows what. And because I kind of had a gun held to my head, like you find a spiritual solution or you're going to die. And I had to think about it for a little bit, you know, between those two choices. I have integrated spiritual principles like honesty and vulnerability and um, acceptance and allowing others to have dignity and patience and kindness. I mean, they're pretty anodyne principles. You don't have to believe that God is in everything to believe that those are good things, good virtues, good values. And because I've created these ways of breaking down what it means to practice those principles um, in very specific actions in all of the areas of my life, my life is, my life's insane. I live in my dream town. I meditate by a freaking waterfall every day. My kids love me. I'm married to the love of my life. Like, dude, what could be better? But that's what I would say is if spirituality is something that you dip into now and again, you're selling yourself short. If spirituality, practicing spiritual principles instead of your old patterns and your old behaviors is at all something that you're interested in, that is the power of transformation. You don't need to change yourself. You can allow this practice to change you. It's, you know, we we tend to go on, you know, juice fasts and do yoga and detox. And then we turn around and we imbibe toxins. We, we use Botox on our foreheads and we drink alcohol. And what I'm suggesting is that there might be a better way. There might be a way where all that stuff you're looking outside to make yourself feel better, truly this idea of practicing spiritual principles to the best of your ability in all the areas of your life will actually make that a reality like IRL, not just pretend. (laughs) I love that. And you're absolute proof of that, right? You're living proof of it. You know, like that this life you've been able to create for yourself and your loved ones all comes back to you choosing to really embark on that spiritual journey and cut the cords 
you know, back when you were given that choice between your spiritual solution or death, essentially. And yeah. for some people, it's not going to be that, I want to, I don't want to say dramatic, but that, you know, big of a contrast, right? It's not always going to be life or death that people have to choose between. It could be something smaller, but I think that it's so powerful to hear about the choice that you did make and what you've now been able to create for yourself through that. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. Oh my God, what a fun conversation. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> I love having these chats, honestly. And I mean, as if you haven't already shared enough empowering, you know, things with us today, but something I do ask all of my listeners who come onto the podcast is what is a final piece of empowering advice that you would share with our listeners who are tuning into you today? I would say that get very clear about your ideal future self. Get very, very clear about who that is, what her values are, how she acts in certain certain situations, how she shows up in her relationships, and decide what those spiritual principles are that got her there and start doing them today. You don't have to wait. And the outside will arrange itself to be beautiful and in harmony with that. But arranging the outside first doesn't guarantee that you're going to have that sense of spiritual alignment and being comfortable in your own skin. And that is our birthright. We all deserve to be comfortable in our own skin. Mm, I feel like I needed to hear that final point that you shared with us today so I am glad that I asked that question I will definitely be sitting back listening to this episode on repeat taking down a million different notes as well as I fully like you know go back over everything it is that you shared but I know that our listeners are going to have loved this conversation just as much as I have. So if anyone's really connected with you and your journey and um, what it is that you serve people with, where's the best place for them to connect with you or find you after this episode? Well, I have a download for your listeners um, that is the five spiritual laws of the universe. And you can find that at juicyaf.life forward slash laws, L-A-W-S. Well, we can put that link straight in the episode description. Save them even needing to search it up. We'll just pop that into the episode description of today's podcast. And is uh, that the website that's best to connect with you or you want any social medias as well if someone wants to come and check you out over there? Yeah, sounds great. So the website is juicyaf.life. Uh, Instagram, it's join underscore juicyaf. And I'm also on TikTok. And I have no idea what it is. So I'm, I'm sure we have it somewhere between the two of us. We'll put it all in the episode description. I've got all the links that everyone possibly needs. So the last thing I guess I want to say is thank you so much, Kay, for your time and your energy today, sharing all of this incredible wisdom that you've accumulated from this incredible journey that you've been on yourself. I truly am grateful for your presence today. So thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. 
So that's a wrap on another episode of the Empower With Them podcast. If you want more from me, then make sure you come say hi over on Instagram at Empower With M and let me know your thoughts on this episode. And if you love the podcast, then don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review to help us grow this platform. Now, before you go, I'm going to leave you with one final question to sit with and take action on stepping away from today's episode. How can you go out into the world today and do something small that will empower those around you in some way? Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along and I'll see you next episode.